0: I? And now, live from the studios of Freedoms Phoenix, Ernest Hancock. Believe me when I say we have a difficult time ahead of us, but if we are to be prepared for it, we must first shed our fear of it. I stand here without fear because I remember... I remember that I am here not because of the path that lies before me, but because of the path that lies behind me. I remember that for 100 years we have fought these machines. And after a century of war, I remember that which matters most. We are still here! Let us make them remember we are not afraid! Thunderstruck! Thunderstruck! A beard, and a beard, and a beard, and, a beard, and a here on Declare Your Independence. I'm Ernest Hancock here in Tony Paw, Arizona. We're um, broadcasting from the love bus, love bus, a little low place where we can get together. I just violated a copyright. I'm I'm in trouble now. I did intellectual property. I used too many. I can I can get you on copyright and then and, and five notes. <laughs> Stephen Consella. Stephen Kinsella, an intellectual property attorney, registered uh, patent attorney in Houston. Formerly a partner in the intellectual property practice group of Dwayne Morris and general counsel for Applied Optoelectronics. Uh, he's had over 20 years law firm. Uh, he has over 20 years. Law Firm and In-House Experience in Patent, IP, Intellectual Property, and General Commercial and Corporate Law. Now, he's got a bunch of big, long bio, talked to everybody, did everything. And we know him from, uh, uh, well, it was uh, intellectual property. He works a lot with the uh, Mises Institute. Uh, he buds with Bob Murphy and Tom Woods and, you know, with the crowd and everything. And so he's one of the in-group we can uh, talk to and get a straight answer on a lot of this stuff. From the last time when we first started talking, it was like 10, I think. So it's been like 10 years. And uh, 10, 11, you know, 9, well, about a decade. And the first time that I could really articulate why I have problems with intellectual property, you know, Stefan has done a really good job at making sure that this is an issue that's well understood and how debilitating intellectual property is to creativity and things being done. Well, our answer has been: If you can't take it down, if you decentralize everything and IPFS nodes, and we put up, and I can take here and do a video with all kinds of stuff in it and movie clips and so, on, and it, there forever and always, and uh, you can't take it down, well, S- Stefan, you know where am I in that? If I take and I put it up, and it's you know it's toured, it's out there, and you know, do I get in trouble? You know, if nobody's hosting it and everybody is, and you know, but I put it up, so I'm in trouble. How does that work?
1: Well, yeah, there's there's one uh, that a law professor did about seven eight years ago, John and It's on my website, uh, c4sif org, um, and he was trying to uh, figure out how much. Uh, how much liability of us, like average american has every year from little things we do you know you know how like we have so many laws now that you can't go a day without violating a law right uh, a statute um j- just by living which gives the police and uh, government a lot more discretion about who they want to f- enforce these laws against because they can't enforce them all so everyone's a lawbreaker, and so just like in East, East Germany and Soviet Russia, you know, back, back in the day of the police state, everyone was always doing something. You know, I want
0: something. to inject this one story. What happened was, mm-hmm. it was, I think it was the 50s or 60s, it was an old black and white television program, and it was like $5,000 if you could go an entire day without breaking a law. Right. And the guy, and they followed him around with a camera, and he walked outside of the studio, opened a pack of cigarettes, had a cigarette, boom, he lost. And he goes, yeah. what? Because you're supposed to destroy that little tax stamp on the bottom of the pack of cigarettes, or you're in violation of the law.
1: <laughs> and, right. And, and and this gets at something else I've written about, which is legislation versus law. Um, uh, in, in, in the original way that the law developed in the Roman law and in the common law, these are decentralized legal systems where the law –… develops by basically judges or arbitrators hearing a dispute between two people and coming up uh, to that dispute. And over time, the rule that the judge comes up with becomes part of the law, and they develop over time. Um, so the law is kind of predictable. It moves slowly, and it's always about trying to do justice in a dispute between people, normally about property, right property disputes. And uh, with, the, with the rise of… In the twentieth twentieth century, primarily after World War One and the rise of democracy, as Hoppe talks about in his democracy book, um, you had also a rise of, of of legislation as the primary growing means of making law. So legislation is now predominant in in most legal systems, like in Europe, the, that's the civil law system, and in in the even in the common law countries like England and the U S. and Canada and Australia, um, and uh, what that means is that the laws just proliferate, and you start having more and more laws and regulations, so it gets impossible to escape them. Um, in the field of, uh, of of copyright, for example, this guy, John Tehranian, a law professor, did a study about that. And now the thing with copyright is, first of all, it's an unnatural law. It's It's got arbitrary uh, criteria for when you violate it, and also the length of term is arbitrary. It's like life of the author plus 70 years now, but it used to be different. <laughs> And at least in the beginning of the copyright system, if you infringe someone's copyright, that means you copied their book or something um, without their permission. The the owner of the copyright had to prove damages, so they had to show how much you damaged them by copying it. Like maybe you took away some of their profits or something like that. But uh, legislative changes in the law in the last several decades have introduced what's called statutory damages. So you don't even need to prove… Damages. You could just use statutory damages, and that's like, I forgot the number, twenty-five thousand dollars per infringing event, or something insane like that. It's got no relation to actual damages, which is why the. By the way, by the way, I think the Copyright Act in the U.S. violates the Constitution because it was it was enacted based upon the 1789 Constitution, which was first ratified, right, which had. Congress to pass copyright law. But 2 years later in 1791 the Bill of Rights was in, was ratified. And that includes two provisions which I think are incompatible with copyright. The first one is the first amendment which has freedom of the press and freedom of speech and copyright clearly prevents you from publishing certain certain books which is which is a violation of your free press rights. And number 2 the 8th amendment on cruel and unusual punishments … I think would apply to the statutory damages because they're so insanely high and out of relation to any damage you, you, you did. But anyway, so this guy, Tehrani, did a study, and he said every average American who uses an iPhone, uses a computer… … You know, sometimes you'll copy an article and send it to a friend. You'll send a photograph to someone. You'll put a photograph in a book report. He said we're, because of the way the insane copyright damages work, we, each one of us is liable for about $3.5 billion a year of damages, each one of us, each American. Multiply $3.5 billion times 320 something million, it's more money than exists in the universe. It's, in, it's really insane and absurd.
0: Well, this is by intent. I mean, it's to help and protect and they, them, those of we control uh, everything. See, there was one thing in the U.S. Constitution. Was it the Constitution that had uh, copyright in there? Or was it the yeah, bill- the
1: constitution of seventeen eighty nine has a copyright and patent clause
0: which says what
1: it says uh, uh to enable something I don't have it in front of me, but to to enable the uh the progress of the arts and the sciences, which by the way is backwards, everyone thinks arts means copyright and sciences means uh patents, but it's the other way around because of the way words were used back then, but it basically says um that Congress has the power to enact. To give authors and inventors uh, basically a limited a monopoly for a limited time.
0: You know, was, the, you know, it yeah. used to be. I mean, it was like I don't know, seven years, fourteen years. was not that long? And they keep it. Once you give them the power, you give them a inch they take a parsec kind of thing. And I'm and so who benefit? I mean, I don't think society or people do. It's a, you know, but that doesn't mean that you know. Uh, yeah. All right, well, we're, we're going into the we'll pick it up there. You know, what would okay. Be in. because copy be right the write them like print on your own paper whatever you want with tangent there How the hell that make it over purpose you know who did that there's of all the things to be done we need to attack everybody in the power of the war and the, and uh, the copyright yeah 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 that's the ticket we're gonna find To be a part of the show, call 602-264-2800, 602-264-2800, and now, Ernest Hancock. And Stephen Kinsella. Stephan Kinsella, we're uh, um, always glad to talk to him. He really had an impact on our articulation of, this is just crap. You know, I'm, I'm not feeling, well... The Constitution. This was a king thing. This is a modern, this is granting to they, them, those, and the buddies of, and you can control ideas and you know combinations of words and how you share that. Just that very concept is an infection. Well, we go America, and we just like yeah, whatever, you know. We, we share information. You know, I I'm not for you know plagiarizing. somebody and say it's you and it was somebody else, but that's a whole other thing, and I don't really even care about that. I mean, you know, I I, I resist the idea that I need to take an ice cream scoop to my cortex and pull out certain things because it it, 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 it it might be somebody else thought of it first or they formed it in a different way, which they got it from somebody else before them and before them. And all of a sudden when I articulate, I'm not allowed. I'm going, no, I'm not looking at it. I, I don't care. So what we did is we went the other way. We're like, it doesn't matter. We put it up on IPFS nodes, interplanetary file sharing, to where it replicates out everywhere we put our content up and you can't take it down it's permanent so it's I go yeah well you know life sucks Get up well the thing is, is am i liable in some way when i didn't you know uh i'm not the one sharing it it's out it's on 15 gazillion places well you're the first one we you're patient zero i mean you you did it you got to go to jail and i'm going yeah but it's out there and there's nothing you can do about it because that way I'm not worried about how many seconds of it. They go, well, you can use seven seconds. I go, shut up. I'm I'm not putting a limit in my creativity. I want movie clips. I want, you know, classic music. I want songs. I want to build a narrative, to build an emotion, to tell a story. Nope, you're not allowed to do it that way. I refuse to get in that mindset. I don't care. So what we did is we're going to where the mechanism is that they can't take it down. Now what? Am I am I responsible? We'll get into that. But first, we wanted to finish up with the idea of copyright coming from a king and whatever to begin with. Yep. Anyway, and then going into America. All right, give me that transition, man.
1: Yeah. Uh, and by the way, on the study I mentioned, I looked it up in the break. Uh, Gante Iranian uh, it's four point five billion. We're all potentially liable for, uh, and that was uh, about ten, twelve years ago. So it may be higher now. Yeah, the Copyright Clause says, Ernie, uh, the, U- the Congress has the power to promote the progress of science and the useful arts. And science means artistic writings, basically. And useful arts means practical inventions, right? Like artisans would. You there?
0: Yeah, go ahead. I'm listening.
1: Uh, … by securing for limited times to authors and inventors the exclusive right to their respective writings and discoveries. Now, what's interesting, you asked about who benefits from this. Um, I think actually it's pretty simple. Only three big industries in the US benefit, and that has contorted the law in the US. And because of America's large size and dominance in the world since World War Two and World War One uh it is especially world war 2 it has caused the us to put pressure on other countries to adopt our type of ip laws for the benefit of these three big industries in the us and you can probably guess what they are in the field of music, patents i think movie is movie and publishing that's for copyright that that's right so music music movies and publishing for copyright and in the field of patents, it's, pro- it's primarily the pharmaceutical industry in the US. Okay, oh, they
0: rule So
1: – and, and then the funny thing is you'll hear libertarians who are pro-IP because they're confused. They'll say something like, well, how is someone supposed to make a profit if someone can just copy them right away? What they're really complaining about is competition. Like how can you make a profit if someone can compete with you? It's like Thank Jesus you. Christ. That, yeah, that's the job of the entrepreneur. But the thing is – so the, the FDA – imposes these extremely onerous regulations that are extremely costly and they call they put delays on the public on the uh, development of drugs and they force the developers to, to publish their results as they're getting the process done so by the time they finally have their drug out they've spent a billion dollars on the FDA process and everyone knows how to make it so they get comp they get competed with right away and they have a lot of costs to recoup and so the libertarian solution is, well, the government has imposed all these costs on them. Let's have the government give them a monopoly on, on, on this invention for 17 years so that they can recoup the cost that the government put on in the first place. <laughs> it's like it doesn't occur to them, like, get rid of the FDA and the patent system and the antitrust system and the minimum wage and, you know, taxes fraud and regulations.
0: Force and fraud, man, violation, non-aggression, golden rule, all that basic crap you're supposed to know in kindergarten. You know, but, had, but the, uh, I want to make this one point. Elon Musk. Okay. When he did, they asked him why he didn't patent his, uh, Raptor and his Merlin rocket engines and so on. He goes, "Why? So you can yeah. copy it. You want it, You want to reverse engineer it? Buy one. I mean, you know, and you think you can do it better and faster? Be my guest. Oh, and by the way, here's all my Tesla patents. You here? Go. You you'll be 18 months behind what we're doing anyway. You know, I just
1: well, yeah, yeah. Musk realized that if you have a patent, it can it can dissuade people from competing with you, which means he was trying to start a new industry in this electric car thing, and he, he knew he needed – he needs competitors so that there's a big enough market to, to have the gas stations or the electric powering stations around the country. So he he realized that patents hinder innovation and adoption, so he was trying to get the market going. He'd rather have a big chunk of a big pie than the complete chunk of a tiny pie. Do you know what I mean? So oh, yeah. that's what he wanted to do. Um but what's interesting about the history of all this is um, it's in the Constitution, in a, the US Constitution, because you know we borrowed a lot of things from the British and the English system, like the Magna Carta influenced the Bill of Rights and uh, things like that. And in the UK – I'm sorry, in Britain, there was at the time um, two remnants of, of patent and copyright, which influenced us to put it in our Constitution, and one of them was the statute of monopolies in 1623 which is the basis of patents so the kings used to grant these these exclusive monopolies to their cronies and say you you're the only guy who can you know sell this type of thing in this market it's totally it's totally mercantilism and protectionism has nothing to do with the free market and it was codified in the statute of monopolies they even called it that so the us patent system comes from the Statute of Monopolies. So it is a monopoly grant, and I thought we libertarians were against state monopolies. but And then the copyright system stems from the attempt by the church and uh, and, the, and the government in the UK and in Europe to prevent people from printing the books that weren't approved. So it, it was rooted in censorship and finally 1909. So our copyright system comes from censorship.
0: I, I, you cut out like somebody was trying to call you. you it was a censorship of 1709 or 1809?
1: Yes, the statute of man is 1709.
0: 1709
1: okay. Yeah, I've got my phone on Do Not Disturb, but I guess uh, they're disturbing me anyway. Um, so uh, the point is these systems come from state grants of monopoly privilege, which are anti-competitive, and from attempts of the state and the church to censor free speech and freedom of the press. And it's no surprise that this is what happens now. The patent system does hinder innovation and leads to oligopolies and cartels, like in the smartphone industry. Okay, we're going to a
0: break, but I mean, this right. I want to discuss that when we come back. With the idea that uh, you know, the monopolies are benefiting us from something. And that's a cause. That's what Kevin Cotella has been really good at. No, 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 no. This is not benefiting us, this is not benefiting humanity. It's time for it's time. Declare Your Independence with Your Ernest, Ernest Hancock. Ernest Hancock. And Stephen Kinsella. You know, we're. Um, look, this is the question. I want to make sure this gets done. In the future, as we get with Starlink, I don't know how far up Uncle Sam's butt Elon is, but, you know, if you got uh, the other half of the planet. Is now online and broadband. You know, it's they're kind of bypassing that. So now you have out of eight billion, you got half of them online. The other half comes online. What will they do? How are they going to brainwash them in? They got the threaten on their you know new phone of going to make you and you're not allowed. And I'm like, man, that's not. I'm I'm not I'm not hip to that. So I'm going when you have the rest of the planet is able, and then you have these decentralized systems where they're able to post stuff up and they, you know, are going to be very creative in ways that I have no freaking idea. Well, it's up there forever, and they're going to have some, you know, genius kid out of Congo, the Amazon of Bangladesh, and they got something up, and they're going to be claiming copyright. You're not allowed in everything you ever make forever and always, that's ours, and now you're a debt slave in the new way. And I'm going, all right, what do you think is going to happen in those situations, as that being it,
1: well, um, I just sent you a link you're talking about uploading files and things like that, so yeah, I
0: got man sentenced to federal prison for uploading Wolverine movie
1: yeah, so the point is it's uh, anything you do if you illegally copy or make a derivative work of that's a modified version of something like if you if you did a sequel to a movie or to a book or if you did a movie version of a book. Or a painting similar to someone's painting—all those are derivative works. Those are also considered copyright infringement. Um, it's, it's—you're liable for thousands, tens of thousands of dollars of statutory damages. But it's generally worse to upload that because you're making sort of one copy, really, or maybe three copies, or something like that in your RAM or whatever. But if you upload, they could say that you're liable for potentially billions of copies, right? Because you're. Getting it to the internet and then other people copy it and you're enabling that or whatever. So the example I gave you was the wolf. Wolver- this guy uploaded a copy of the Wolverine movie and he was sent to federal prison for a year. I mean, so it's not just civil damages; it's actually criminal penalties for copyright infringement.
0: As a deterrent, uh, we want to you. We're going to get this guy as a deterrent for everybody. I've seen him do it with grandmas that downloaded some songs. I mean, you know, but it's not really effective. Uh, you know, and a lot of people that know what they're doing, I get entire library. I'm on the bus and I have friends, you know, uploaded on a hard drive. I got movies and series. I got enough to watch for the rest of my life. Yeah, what are they going to do about it?
1: Yeah, and another good example is, remember Aaron Swartz, who was this brilliant young guy. He helped co-invent RSS and all this stuff. And he had, he had downloaded some scholarly articles and then uploaded them to the Internet. And MIT. the government called him. And uh, they, they uh, he was—he was facing thirty-five years in federal prison, billions of dollars in damages, and he committed suicide. It was the saddest thing. Um, so it's horrible. And the other thing about copyright and patent right now, number one, it's being used as this kind of racist, nativist, anti-competitive attack on China. You'll hear over and over again from both parties—the Trumpers and the—you know—the Republicans and the Democrats—they keep saying that China is stealing our intellectual property. Even the so-called good good congressman like Rand Paul and uh, uh, Massey, you know, even they buy into the copyright bullshit, um, and they'll say stuff like, uh, you know, China is stealing our IP. They don't even know what they're talking about. They literally don't. First of all, patent and copyright are domestic laws, so it's literally impossible for China or a Chinese company to violate American patent and copyright because they're practicing in China. Now They probably buy laws in China, but that's up to the Chinese system to control that, and they they enforce their system just like we enforce ours. Um, The other thing is you'll hear a lot of people like a lot of us libertarians and conservatives who really are starting to hate Twitter and YouTube and Google and Facebook because of their lefty sort of censorship of thought. Um, They're arguing that we should remove their Section 230 harbor exemption under the communication decency act and also the related one under the dmca for copyright infringement because they're they're acting like a publisher instead of a, a neutral platform and that's dangerous too i believe because you know the libertarians should know that there should be no defamation liability in the first place and there should be no copyright liability in the first place so these safe harbors in the dmca and the cda um, are good things even if you hate these companies you hate them either I don't want to oppose copyright liability on them and strangle the Internet.
0: Yeah, well, this, you know, okay, let me just pontificate here a second. I'm uh, Zuckerberg. I've been supported by the man from the beginning. Hell, I yeah. am the man. You know, I'm a clone of the man, whatever the hell. And to think that they don't want to have government involvement is to be naive. They want yeah. the government to do whatever the hell they want them to do, and they're going to use them to do it. And Zuckerberg, Agreed. yeah, here's here's your forty pieces of, and they probably gave it to him a long time ago. So I'm yeah. going. This is um, to think that. Oh no, they're going to defend against government control. BS. They're yeah. like, yeah, bring it on, man. We're going to do it and close the door behind us, and nobody else. Oh, I totally gonna.
1: agree. I totally agree. I just don't want copyright infringement liability to be expanded to cover people like me and you and other innocent companies because. If you, if you get rid of the, the, the Section 230 of the Communication Decency Act, then that means anyone who has a f- platform on the internet and allows any kind of user content like comments or submitted articles or a, a group blog, the publisher or the owner of that domain or that website can be liable for what other people do. Okay, So that means you're going to have to start… Sh- … for shutting – monitoring, is, which is the expensive thing, monitoring what everyone does, which, by the way, is just like the reason that the big companies favor minimum um, minimum wage laws and all these laws because it doesn't hurt them as much, or they can afford it, but it hurts the little competitors. right? So big business likes all these regulations. They complain about it, but they really secretly like it. I mean Walmart is in favor of raising the minimum wage. You know why? Because they pay people more than the minimum wage already. So it doesn't hurt them if the minimum wage goes up by $3 because they're already paying above that. But the little competitors, the mom and pops, it would hurt them. So it would remove some competition for Walmart. It's the same thing with the CDA crap. You know, Throw me in the briar patch kind of stuff.
0: Well, what is the the trends in the wind? I mean are people starting to – because I remember when we first – there was libertarians. I can start naming them off. They're going, yeah, but – my intellectual property and my art and my 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 and uh, and we started having you on and this is becoming a discussion and it's helped us get ammunition to argue this. But what's the trends now? Are the people starting to say, yeah, you know, Mickey Mouse for like ever maybe a bad idea, you know? For I,
1: I think there was I think there was a group of us starting in the in the mid nineteen nineties, right around the time of the internet. A group of us, me and some others like Roderick Long and Wendy McElroy. and Sheldon Richmond and Jeff Tucker, some others. We started pointing out the dangers of IP, especially in the internet age, and I think that that sort of woke up the libertarian community who had kind of ignored the issue or kind of were complacent on the issue or kind of bad on the issue because of Ayn Rand's confused views and people like that. And so I think we made some headway with the libertarian movement. I would say a good chunk of the libertarian movement, like maybe 25%, especially the more radical…  … Austrian anarchist Rothbardian ones, they're pretty much all anti-IP now, but the remainder are either not that bright or they're kind of utilitarian or they just still don't get it. Um, So I think we've kind of petered out in what we can do. We've kind of converted a third of the movement roughly, and that's about all we can do for now. I've been trying to get the Libertarian Party to put as part of their platform – an anti-patent and anti-copyright clause, but, of course, they're never going to do that. because uh, You
0: know, things change. I've been, you know, dealing with this, you know, Bob and I, you know, over a couple of 25 years dealing with libertarians, and they wax and wane and go back and forth. But that's one thing, real quick, I wanted to get your uh, – the Libertarian Party is not very libertarian. I mean, people think more of Dr. Ron Paul than, or Mises or something or yep. Lou Rockwell before. When you go libertarian, they're not thinking libertarian party. You know yep I know and, and I is that a vehicle for the future I was very disappointed that uh, Jacob did not get the nomination but it was it's like intent and it's I'm gonna say it out loud it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, the coca bus. you know these guys use the libertarian party as a, a, a influence the of influence votes to get whatever the hell else they want has nothing to do with being free and I'm going, this is a man politics sucks, but Philosophical discussion during political election. Freedom's the answer. What's Freedom's the question? You are listening, listening to Ernest Hancock. And we're back. We're not back. We are back. Am I turn the right one. Yeah, I guess we're back. All right, all right, all right, right, we're here. I was talking to Stephen Kinsella, you know, on the uh, on the phone, and I'm, you know, they've changed the uh, you know the uh, uh, the clock, so we get it right. This is this has been an interesting conversation, and I wish we had recordings in the the break with uh, Stefan because I'm asking him a lot of things and you know personal stuff and their activism over at Mises and what he's been working on and doing out of out of Houston. What what, what do you think uh, this election is like? Yeah, I don't give a crap. You know that Trump. Biden, whatever, I I wrote an article Monday the day before the election. Go, look, man, it makes no difference to me. You know, either, you know, both of them are going to be screaming for the Fed to do something. They're still going to have, you know, uh, the, the concept of taxation. They're still and Trump's w- still working to negotiate and order the deal, whatever. And these guys don't negotiate. And, of course, because they don't think they have to. And then, you know, here we got Biden. And I am I'm, I'm the future in. All that you're looking at, and intellectual property is an important part. It's that arm, like you're saying, everybody's guilty of. And if you make enough laws, everybody's guilty and they're going to get you. So I'm just, you know, where do you think the threat's coming from uh, as we get into this next, even next year, Stefan? I mean, you know, more lockdowns or it's, you know, it's a eventual destruction of the middle class and all entrepreneurs and every restaurant owner and business owner, unless you're a big box of, drone delivery approved from the faa amazon kind of you know and walmart i mean you know you're in the middle of it you know give us your opinion of what's up this year well
1: i think a lot of people were a little bit surprised a lot of libertarians even i heard tom woods talking about this the other day surprised that the american people sort of were so docile and they sort of rolled over and they accepted all the lockdown stuff even when it dragged on for more than the first month or two they said it was going to be um I guess everyone thought we would we would react with outrage, but it really hasn't happened. So I, I'm afraid that the aftermath of all this – I do think the, the lockdown stuff will subside after COVID is squelched um, later this year, hopefully, or later next year. Um, but I think we'll have a remnant of the stuff like we did after 9-11. Now, now we have – we've ratcheted up the, air, the you know the security stuff on the airlines and all that, so I'm afraid we're going to have lingering after effects. But uh, – I mean, it's the first time in my life, and I'm not that young. I'm in, I'm 55. I mean, I think I've been through the Reagan Bush one, you know, Clinton Bush two, Obama, and now Trump. And it's to be honest, my life has gotten better every year. So even when the Democrats were in power, they were bad, but they were they were sort of middle of the road. But this time, I was terrified of Biden winning because the left just seemed to be in control now, and they seem to be out of control about what they want to do. So I'll be honest. I am totally terrified if the Republicans don't hold at least one of those seats in Georgia. Uh, if, if they don't hold those both one of those seats, then we are totally screwed. Um, I don't know what the lefty, lefties will do. But I think if the Republicans hold one of those seats, they'll prevent the filibuster from being changed, and that will require 60 votes to do this major Democratic-Socialist crap they want to do. And I think you'll have some Republican defectors but not nine. So – my hope is that one of those Republicans wins in Georgia. Otherwise, I'm I'm really terrified about what the next decade is going to look like.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I, I hate the idea of depending on any election anywhere. I know. You know, I, know. I, I I'm like this. I'm I'm not playing that game. You know, we did know. Um, Corbett and I uh, pushed uh, Friday. We had the artwork and the site for it uh, in fifteen, and uh, we really pushed it this year. It's. Uh, uh, BlackMarketFriday.info, and Black Market Friday was just kind of. We, can you get them to not, you know, uh, use everybody? You know, in, enrich all these monopolists uh, one day, one day. Pick one day, all right? Black Market Friday. Start getting your bartering set up. Start using alternative currencies. Start, you know, uh, demonstrating what the community can do. And it wasn't so much that we had a big giant impact on uh, That wasn't my concern. My concern was is that we create infrastructure and the idea and the concept of being able to you know instead of giving them a bunch of money they'll spend half as much and get a better used one on craigslist and pay for it in silver or crypto so this is just the mindset that's the only thing that's going to beat these guys it has to be that we're not worried about screw them this has to, because we have the, that's what PiratesWithoutBorders.com is all about. We got PiratesWithoutBorders.com, letters of Captain Mark, and reprisal up there. And the, the the point that we're making is that decentralization of everything, communication, energy, food and water, shelter, transportation, education, you know, on and on and on, we have up there. And the technology that supports that. Just in the last year, wow, solar electricity has plummeted well, you can get 23 cents a watt and i remember paying dollars and dollars a watt before now the the inverters are a lot better the charge controllers are a lot better the batteries are getting oh my god a lot better you take right. that away you find some water now it's communication here comes starlink well i'm just i what do you know i mean intellectual property might be a you know a link into starlink and how everybody has access to the internet I mean, uh, you got any thoughts on that? When Annie and everybody get from everywhere. Well,
1: yeah. Well, I, yeah. I hate to always bash on the IP thing, but but getting my head straight on here. it, nonetheless. Yeah. Well, it's 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 key to everything, and I'll, I'll give you. So I wrote a post about like how does it rank? Like I think it's one of the top six or seven things the state does. Like war, you know, central banking, the Fed, government schools, taxation, the drug war. All those are horrible, but the one thing about those things is that at least radical, principled libertarians all know that those things are bad. Even if you're a minarchist, you you, you support some taxes, but you know taxes are a necessary evil. But intellectual property goes under the banner of property, so it's insidious, and it confuses people, and it touches everything. So for example… Internet. The internet is key to activism and freedom and information and education and learning and communication and organizing, and so anything that threatens freedom on the internet is bad, and copyright does that because the government uses copyright infringement uh, as an excuse to regulate and control the internet. That's why you have YouTube taking videos down or the DMCA six strikes thing. Uh, You'll you'll find websites that have a big banner up that have been shut down by by the government, Um, and also you talk about Bitcoin, which I'm a big enthusiast of. Um, I can give you – not a scoop really, but I'm part of a group that is about to roll out uh, an alliance where we're trying to prevent the patent – the growing patent threat to Bitcoin. So there are some players… There are some people trying to amass patents, and they to be patent trolls and to basically hamper the entire blockchain, crypto, Bitcoin ecosystem by threatening all these companies with, with patent infringement lawsuits. And so we're, we have an alliance of certain people uh, growing to try to fight that threat, um, and that will be announced before too long.
0: Yeah, no, I, I could see, you know, Craig Wright was going that direction. Is he one of the primary guys? I don't want to
1: mention names, but uh, your instincts are not horrible. Yeah,
0: no, I I, I can see. It. It's just a mind. It's just, uh, yeah, that's one thing. I, I just want to get this out. Um, it has become more and more obvious to me that what we're up against is the biblical evil. And what that was was, Psychopathy, sociopathic, no empathy if we can, so we are, duh. So when they go to me and they say, Ernie, do you believe in conspiracy ABC? Or I go, I don't know. Can they? Can they maintain, enhance, and expand their intrusiveness over the individual to benefit them? Can they? Is it physically possible? Do they have the resources? Well, then they are. What, yeah. what, do, you, what do you think? What, you guys got a moral hurdle they can't get? Well, we wouldn't do that. Election fraud? No, that would be wrong. I mean, right. come on. So I'm for make it to where they cannot do things. If you can do it where they cannot, well then I'm I'm feeling better. Until then, don't sit there and think you're going to lobby your way out of this. So this is so if they can maintain and expand their control and the using intellectual property, what makes you think that you're going to have any influence on them stopping? Oh,
1: I totally. Using it to, to as an excuse to have to, to 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 limit free trade with China, and they're also using it as an excuse to uh, restrict free trade with other countries in in terms of what they call uh, re imports of pharmaceuticals. Uh, so, in which could could rise to the fore with this COVID vaccine stuff. Um, you'll have like a, large American pharmaceutical companies. Selling these drugs at insane prices in the U.S. because of the patent system gives them a monopoly, right? They have no competition, so they can sell it for whatever they want. And you combine that with the uh, the medical system, the doctors giving prescriptions, right, and, uh, and the FDA's regulations on top of that, and so these these drug companies sell drugs for insane prices. Yeah, they're Man, they're always
0: the one. Great they are, have- and.
1: They're,
0: Stephan Kinsella, i Star. We're going to the end of the show. Stephan Kinsella, intellectual property or to people. You know, put all the other shows that we've had. We the archive with him. There's a lot of good conversations that we've had building up to this. So here we go. What's up with you? I don't know. We're going to stay up with it. Stephan Kinsella.